prayer time this morning, Sean was thanking God for how awesome it is to be a mother. She said, it is awesome to be a mother. She probably had a good day getting ready this morning. (laughs) Because there's some days where that's probably not the case. You're always glad to be, but there's some days that just don't go as good as others. And some days you're wondering, does God even see what's going on here? Because it doesn't seem like he's got his hand in this. It kind of seems like things are going kind of, ah, I don't know if things ever do that at your house. Uh, I can remember at our house sometimes when uh, the kids, mostly when the kids were little, there was just some days that you're just like, wow. Uh, And there's many days I was like, I'm glad I get to go to work. Bye. (laughs) I'm going to go in an hour early today so I don't have to be here. Uh, I can remember a specific day uh, I went to work and uh, came home and it was about six o'clock. I opened the door. We were in Shelbyville, Tennessee. I opened the door and my wife met me on the way out and she said, I'm leaving. And I said, and the way she said it, I was wondering if she was ever coming back. And uh, I said, like, for good or what? And she goes, I just need to leave for a while. I just need to go away. And so a week later, she came back. And uh, no, she came back in a little while. She just needed to get out. Uh, but uh, anyway, there's some days like that. And so this morning, I'm going to talk about a lady that... In the Bible, we don't really think of her as all that great of a mom. Uh, In fact, uh, she made some wrong decisions, and Abraham made some wrong decisions with her, and and she's really put in the Bible as uh, the what-not-to-do character, and we're all still suffering for Abraham's decision to have a child with Hagar. And... uh, But that's who I'm going to talk about this morning. So let's all stand in honor of God's word. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 16. We're going to read the first 16 verses this morning. Let's prepare our hearts for the word. Let's read together aloud. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to God. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I'm gone one Sunday and I can't read that. Uh, So anyway. All right, we're going to read these first 16 verses. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children, so sleep with my maidservants, per, per servant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarah's wife took her maidservant, took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her, her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abraham said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar. 
So she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is said to be by the side the road of Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now a child and you will have a, you will have a son and you shall call him Ishmael for the Lord has heard your, of your misery. This is, this is what you want to hear about your kids. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. What a blessed word from the Lord right there. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. Uh, You are the God. And this this is a part I really want to talk about. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. This is why the well is called Berloa Roa. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave him the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, sometimes we get in spots and we wonder if you even see us. And Father, sometimes it's our own work, and sometimes it's just life that gets us there. But Father, you are the God who sees us. And Father, this morning, I just pray that if there's a mom here today that's in a dark spot, I would just pray that you would help them to know that you are the God who sees them, and you are the God who is there. And I pray that your hand would speak through your servant this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If, if, as I read this, I think this would have been okay to have left this story out of the Bible. This would have just been something good. We didn't have to talk about this. Let's just leave this out. And uh, let's just leave some of this bad stuff out. But God is so truthful and so honest. He leaves everything in there. He leaves the good and the bad. And Abraham and Sarah don't always do right. They are not the poster children for what a marriage ought to be. And in the midst of that, this is who God's uh, country, his, his people are going to come out of this guy. And if I was God, I would just say, let's just put all the good stuff in here about him. But God puts the good and the bad so that we can learn from those things. And so this is one of the reasons we know that the word is true because God loves us enough to be totally honest. He teaches us both the good and the bad. He teaches us through obedience and he teaches us through disobedience. And uh, this was something that I'm sure Abraham didn't go back and say, boy, that was, that was really the right thing to do. I'm going to tell you guys, here's the deal. If your wife ever comes to you and says, I have someone I want you to sleep with, don't do it. That is not, I don't care how much, I, don't do it. That is not a good idea. That is not going to help your marriage at all. Having two women, I don't care what you see on TV. There's a show that has this guy that has all these wives. And at first, 
when you, when you, when I think it first came on, it was all, everybody was, this was all the greatest thing ever. And now that you've, now that it's gone on a few years, you see that they're all just miserable. They're all absolutely miserable. It does not work. It's not the way God wanted it to be. And this is just complete, uh, completely the wrong thing to do. Uh, but anyway, this is where she, this is where they go. And all of them are doing the same thing, are doing what they're doing here for their own reasons. And if you go back to the, like the uh, uh, second verse here in chapter 16, why is, why in the world would Sarah do this? She says, so that I can build a family through her. It's not about this, it's not about God, it's not about what God wants, it's not what about what's good for her and Abraham. She says, so that I can have a family. Uh, I think Hagar is doing it for selfish reasons too. She's a maidservant. She probably doesn't have any family around. She doesn't have any way that she's ever going to really be able to, to make it much past a maidservant. She has an opportunity here to maybe have a family and to maybe bring herself up in the world. And so she is using this to better herself. I think Abraham is just pure lust. I just, I don't know of any other reason. I, I think maybe he thinks this might be the right thing. I don't know what he's thinking. He's not thinking very much at all. Uh, so this is where they're at, but it's all selfish. It's all selfish. And, and so this is where they are. And no one is listening to God. Not one time in these six, in this, in this chapter, do we hear someone say, well, let's go to God and see what God thinks. Let's go to God and see if, you know, God's got a plan for us and he's told us that he's going to make a great nation. Let's go to God and see what God says. Be careful about doing things in your life that work out best for you. Be careful about going through life just doing what you want to do because this is where everybody in this story gets in trouble. Now that doesn't mean that God can't help you. That doesn't mean that God can't uh, redeem you and God can't bring you back. But the truth of the matter is sometimes we live with consequences from bad decisions we make. And even though God forgives us and God redeems us and you can be in exactly in a right position with God, you're still going to go through life living with consequences because of that. And you can, and, and, and I, you know, I tell you what, I grew up with a kid who got saved late in life and he is following God and he loves God. But I'm telling you, he is still living with consequences that he made as a young man. And he is in a right relationship with God, but he's still living with consequences. And his life is harder because of these consequences. So follow God so that you don't have to live with the consequences. So where is she at? Because what are the consequences of this? Her, her life is crumbling around her. Hagar is in this, in this terrible place, and she's in this terrible place because of a wrong choice. Uh, her boss despises her. Uh, she's pregnant. Uh, she is, is, is a servant and she probably has no rights. Uh, she doesn't know what to do. She feels alone. Uh, she probably is alone. Uh, there's no one to help her and come alongside of her. Everybody that she has trusted has betrayed her. And she is at this point where she just feels totally alone and totally like her world has, cr- has crumbled in around her. And I, I, and I'm just, I'm just speculating here. But I think if you live long enough, 
you get to a point like this at some time in your life. And I think there's days that moms have, or there'll be moments like this, where you feel like everything's kind of crumbling in around you. And I, I told you that story uh, about Cindy, you know, that day that I came in and she was walking out the door. And I think, I think, I think she was feeling lonely. And you say, how in the world can this woman with four kids in the house feel lonely? Because they don't talk like she, she, I would come home. I would come home at night and, and I would be done. I'm telling you what, I would be done. I, I had worked, we, we had all these kids to feed and uh, I'm not kidding. I got up at a quarter to four every morning and went and milked cows for a guy before I went to my regular job. And then we wouldn't, I wouldn't get home till six or seven at night. And when I get home, I mean, I was done. I was done. Well, my wife, she was ready to have adult conversation. Because everybody she had talked to all day was like, oh, you do boo-boo, uh, boo. you know, they were just dumb kids. And this was when they were 15 and 16, you know, you know, they were just, you know, she, she would, she would, she goes, I just, she would want to talk. Oh, I was wanting to shut down and she was wanting to talk and I was wanting there to be quiet. And why was she wanting to talk? Because even though she'd been with people all day long, it's kind of lonely because they don't talk like, a, uh, they don't, you can't have adult conversation with a four and five-year-old kid. I mean, that's just not how it works. And it is possible for moms to be in a place where they are surrounded by a family and can still be lonely. And this is where this lady is. She's got people around her and she's all by herself. And, uh, and, and I think it's possible, and, and even in the world we live in, where we have all of this conversation, and we have, uh, you know, uh, social media and all this stuff, where you can have conversation all the time, and people are lonely. We're more, connect, we're more connected than ever, and yet people are more lonely than ever. And we see, and we watch people on, on social media and, and we see, and we think everybody's got this great life. Well, how come I don't have a great life? And, and we become, how are we, but we are, we're lonely. And this lady was lonely. She was by herself. She, everybody that she had trusted had, had let her, had let her down. She was pregnant her, her, her mistress was, was uh, mistreating her. She was, she, she was in a bad place. And in the midst of this, God comes and speaks to her. And she is not alone. And I want you to know, moms, this morning, or dads too, if we are with God, we are never alone. And he asks her two questions. Where did you come from and where are you going? There's three things I want you to get from this service this morning, from this sermon. And there's three important things to remember. The first of all is that she is in this bad place and God is there. And no matter how bad or how dark your life gets, and you say, Pastor, you don't know where I am and you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. But I do know this, no matter how dark it gets, 
God is there. He was there here. And God was there. And the second thing, he cares about where you've been and he cares about where you're going. That's the two questions he asked. Where have you been and where are you going? Why did he ask that question? Because he cares about what has got her here and he cares about where she's going because he's got a plan for her. And no matter where you are or how dark your life seems, God is there and he cares about where you've been. He cares about how you got here. He cares about what the the problems in life that has got you to this point. He cares about your childhood. He cares about everything that's happened to you. He cares about your job. He cares about the things that people have done wrong to you. He cares about all of that. And he says, I care about where you've been and I care about how you got here but I also care about where I've got you to go. And I've got a plan for you. And no matter how dark it is, God always has a plan out for you. And we need to remember that this morning. I just got back from vacation and we have traveled to the far reaches of the world. I have been to the edge of civilization. I'm telling you, I, I've went to, I went to, we went, one day we went to the, to the Statue of Liberty and we saw some things, didn't we, Gene? We saw some. And the great thing about having Gene with you is Gene, whatever he sees, he just tells. And uh, we, we saw a woman that was wearing a outfit and, and Gene just, I don't remember what he said, but I think he said, did you see that, Brian? <laughs> she walks by and he goes, did you see that, Brian? And I was like, yeah. I'm trying to poke out my mind's eye, but yes, I did. I I saw that, Gene. Uh, And uh, so anyway, it's, it's the way it was. But we have been, we've been to some interesting places. And most of my vacations in my life have been, you go two or three highways and you're there to where you're at. We like to go to Gatlinburg. You go, you get on the interstate and there's one road that runs right down the middle of it. You go to, you go to Branson. If you know where 65 and 76 is, you're, you're done. Uh, that is not the, the place where we went. We were out in the country in Pennsylvania and in all these little roads every which way and they go every which where. And I wrote on a sheet of paper how to get there and I had all this thing and it was just, and, if you, and I missed roads and you would go by and they, they had a sign that said, this way to Interstate South. Interstate 33 South, right at the exit. So I went, as soon as I turned, the sign says Interstate 33 North. I'm like, what kind of fool person puts a sign there? When I got to Missouri, it was marked right. These, you know, they do pretty good in Missouri. You know that? We got pretty good roads. Every time you drive down the road, you should thank God in Missouri. Because I'm telling you what, the further north it gets, the crazier it gets, and the worse the roads are. I'm telling you, I'd rather ride down a dirt road than some of the highways I rode on. The only thing, you know what the bottom of the potholes are in Pennsylvania? is the top of a Chinese man's head. <laughs> I'm telling you, you could fall off in there and just, ah. I mean, I went over one. Some guy come out and goes, you know, it was, I was like, sorry, dude, I got to keep going. It was, it was terrible. And so I would... Uh, I would, I, you know, and every time we get ready to go somewhere, I'd get my phone out 
And it had all these directions on there. And I would literally get paper and pen and I would write down, okay, this is where we're going. Spend all these hours. And, and, and so we had decided we were going to go to the Statue of Liberty. I'm going to drive in. I didn't want to drive into New York City, but I wanted to drive to the edge to where I could see it without actually getting in it. And so they said, uh, we was talking to Julie, Julie, her name is Hicks now, Julie Akers used to live here. And she said, she said, drive in, you can drive into Hoboken, New Jersey, and you'll be all right. And so I, the night before, I'm at the table and I'm writing down all my, all my directions. And, and uh, I, I tell you, Cindy will say, she goes, what is wrong with you? And I said, I'm just nervous about driving. You're going to be fine, you know. And so we started off, we started off and we're headed into Jersey, Jersey. Joyce is where we're headed. We're, I seen a sign 49 miles away from New York, and it's four lanes both sides. And, I, and, and it was about 1030 in the morning, and I'm blowing down through there. I'm like, this is great. And all of a sudden in my mind, I thought, if it needs four lanes 49 miles out, what are you getting into? Because at some time they're using all of these and this is a bad deal. And I'm just starting to sweat. And, uh, and we get in there, we get in there and, 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 said, and it said, you got to get on the Jersey Turnpike. So I got on the Jersey Turnpike and I get on there and there's a place and it says, pick your ticket up here. So I stop and don't give me no ticket. Then give me a ticket. So everybody's behind you, you know, going, so I get on, I get on the Jersey Turnpike for six miles. I traveled six miles on the Jersey Turnpike. I exited, and I'm going right to the Statue of Liberty. And I go down through there and, this, and stop, and you have to pay the lady for going on the, on the toll road. And I said, uh, I said, that thing didn't give me a ticket back there. She goes, no, it doesn't. And I said, well, how much is it? She goes, 12 bucks. And I, you know, and I know she saw my license plate and knew I was from Missouri. And I said, so I paid 12 bucks to go six miles. And she goes, yes, you did. (laughs) And I wanted her to know I was getting took and I knew it. And I was like, okay, all right. I understand. I understand what's going on here, but I just want you to know, I know you're taking advantage of me. You ain't, you ain't, I ain't coming through here knowing, I mean, I know I'm getting took on this. And she was like, you are, you know? And so, so anyway, so we get in there. And uh, we're going to, we go, we made it. We made it alive, all of us. And uh, went to the Statue of Liberty and got to see New York City from a safe distance, you know, where none of it would rub off on you or anything like that. And so Cindy has watched this show called The Cake Boss. And this guy has the Carlos Bakery there in Hoboken, New Jersey. So I'm four miles from the cake boss guy. And so it was out of pure love for my wife because I didn't care anything about going at all. I said, I'm taking you to the cake boss place, you know, to the Carlos. And I'm going to drop you off and you're going to get me some goodies and I'm going to come back and pick you up, you know. We're driving into the belly of the beast, all right, you know. So I'm in the parking lot writing down my directions off my phone. I'm writing them down, you know. And we get in there, and I mean, I get turned around. 
And I stopped at this place and I was looking at my directions again. And the street names are different and all this stuff. And I kind of get back headed in the right direction. And I'm trying to look at my phone and I can't see very well. I'm trying to look at my phone, trying to look at the street. And I can't figure out. And all of a sudden I push this little button down in the far corner of the right of my phone. And this wonderful little voice comes on. And it says in 400 feet... Turn right on Newark Street. And I'm like, where have you been? Where have you been? And I said, did you hear that? 400 feet. At 300 feet, turn left on Washington. Man, I pulled right up to Carlos. I let my wife out. And this woman took me all over the place while I was driving around. I didn't care where I went because I knew she'd get me back to Carlos. I'd drive past the street. She'd go turn left up here and then turn right and you can go up to Carlos. I'd go past and she, she didn't yell at me or anything. She didn't say, hey, you missed your turn, you jerk. She said, we'll just keep on going. Keep. That woman got me right back. I drove right back, picked up my wife. She had fun at the Carlos Bakery. Uh, I'm just telling you stories today. Uh, There is a point to all this, but anyway. Cindy goes, and all the people up there talk funny. You ever notice that? I mean, mean, they think we talk funny, they talk funny. And so she goes into Carlos Bakery, and uh, the lady goes, what do you want? What do you you want to order? And uh, Cindy goes, I don't know. I've never really had anything. I, I don't really know what I need to get. And she goes, you need a cannoli. You need a cannoli. That's what you need is a cannoli. And Cindy goes, well, I've never had a cannoli. And this lady, I'm not kidding. She goes, what do you mean you never had a cannoli? <laughs> so she bought two cannoli. I'm going to tell you what. I would drive back tomorrow <laughs> to eat a caramel cannoli from Carlos Bakery. I'm telling you what. That may be the closest thing to heaven that we may ever have. In our- Cindy and I were driving down the interstate. And Cindy goes, I got this cannoli back here. You want a cannoli? Mm, wow. So anyway, so I've got this lady on this map and I'm telling you all of a sudden I'm just calm and I don't know how in the world, I, you know, I've heard, I've heard about people having this before, but I had, I bought a $30 phone at a Black Friday sale and I didn't think my phone had that on there and it was just awesome. And you punch it in and it tells you where to go. And so I just pushed start and I said, I want to go back to where we came from. That little old voice took us through the heart of everything. I mean, it was just, she got me around the $12 toll. I didn't have to pay that thing going out. That's the best 30 bucks I ever spent on that phone. That thing saved me 12 bucks. That little lady did on there on the phone. And as long as I listened to that voice, I got where I needed to go. And it would take me no matter where I needed to go. And it would tell me exactly. And it would give me plenty of time to make my decision. It would say like, you need to start getting into the middle lane. Because you're going to start to make a slight left in 400 feet or whatever. And I was like, thank you. Thank you, lady. Thank you, little lady on the phone. You know, she gets a little annoying after a while, but she's pretty good. And I got to thinking about that. And there really is a point to this. You know, God is the same way with us. He really wants to look at that, to to help us. 
And the truth of the matter is we can go to his word and his word gives us everything we need. But if we go to it just for facts and we think, okay, I'm just going to get a few things here and there. And that's just what I need. I mean, we need to go to his word, but we also need to be in a place where we can listen to him speak into our lives. Now, I was getting a lot of information off my phone, but it was when that thing started speaking to me that I really, I mean, it just calmed my whole life down. And you can go to the word, and if you go to the word just so you know stuff, you're missing out on what God wants to do. Because he doesn't only want you to give you information. He wants to speak into your life. And he wants to get in your life. And while you're going down through life, he wants to say, okay, you're getting ready to come up on something right here. And this is what I need you to do right here. And if you do this, it's going to be what you need to do right here. He wants to speak. But we have got to get in a place where we can hear him. And, this, and his voice wants to guide us. But we have got to get in a place where we can hear him. And so the first thing we have to do is... We have to get to this place where you can hear him. Obviously, I already said that. But you have to listen and do it. Now, lots of time God speaks, but we just go on and blow through and do whatever we want to do. God gives us words to do, but he, he wants us to follow it. And uh, here's the deal. I could have listened to that lady on the phone all day long, but if I didn't do what she said, I'd still be in Hoboken. God wants to speak to us, but we have to do it. We have to do it. It doesn't matter if God's telling us to do something if we don't do it. And God calls us as fathers and mothers to do some things. He calls us to speak some things into our kids' life. He calls you. I listened to a sermon the other day and it was talking about the influence that mothers have. And this guy believes that mothers are to be one of the, huge, one of the biggest influence in a kid's life. And God has called you to do that. And God speaks and says, this is what you need to do in your kid's life. I have watched my wife time and time again with our kids. And times when I was sitting there going, I don't know what we need to do here. And my wife knew what to do. Because God was speaking into her life and she was hearing. And I believe that, that at that moment, he was, she was the one they were supposed to speak to. There's times that I was the one that was supposed to speak. There's times that I was the one that was supposed to tell our kids, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And there's lots of times that it was my wife that God was saying, this is what you need to do. And my wife needed to hear that and she needed to speak that into her kid's life. Also, we need to get in a place where we can hear God. Sometimes we can't even hear God. But we need to always have ourselves in a place where we can hear God. I tell you what, I went under this big tunnel. I was going on, and all of a sudden that woman's voice said, I have lost GPS signal. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I was like, what? And I started beating the phone. I was like, I don't, you don't want to lose your signal from God. You don't want to ever get in a place or be in a place or be at a place in your life where you lose connection with God. And sin can separate us from God. And, and sin can put us in a place where we can't hear what God wants us to be. And you don't want to be there. You want to be in a place, mothers and fathers and everyone, where you can always be in a place where you can hear God. 
And I can remember we'd be going down the road and there'd be times I'd have the radio kind of turned up and I'd hear that voice come on. Man, I'd turn that radio down so I could hear that voice. And there's times in your life where there's things that are competing with God's voice and in your life you need to turn the radio down so you can hear God's voice. Paul Cunningham, I've shared, I've shared this story with you before. Paul Cunningham talked about the first time that he ever used OnStar and, and I'm showing my age because OnStar was probably so, you know, I mean, that's so... 1999 or whatever OnStar was a button that you pushed if you had a GM product you push OnStar and a voice would come on and it'd help you with whatever you had to do he said he was in a gas station in the middle of Arizona in the middle of the desert he pushed that button and said good evening Paul we see that you're at wherever in Arizona and he was like how do you know that I'm going to tell you what folks if a $30 Black Friday phone, look at this. This thing is a piece of junk. I bought that for $30 on the Black Friday. If that thing can tell me how to get out of Hoboken, New Jersey, don't you think that God Almighty can see where you are and get you where you need to go? God, God, man, this is, this is ancient technology to God. He's like, GPS. He goes, I, I could come, that's so dumb. He goes, I don't need no GPS. I don't need no GPS. I, I created GPS. No, but God, God, he's got, the, he has got it. He sees you. And Hagar is this wonderful example of no matter where you are, no matter where you've been or where you're going, God says, I see you. Had she been doing what she was supposed to do? No. Was she living exactly like she was supposed to live? No. She wasn't. She was not the poster child for what God thinks that is the most obedient, the most whatever. She was kind of on the other side. But I want you to know, no matter where you are, if you have followed God for years and years and years, and you just all of a sudden are in a dark spot, or if you are not following God, God says, I see where you are. I care where you've been, and I sure care where you're going. And he's saying that to you this morning. And we need to get in a place where we can hear him. And that may be, there may be some of you here this morning that say, Pastor, there is some sin in my life, and I need to get rid of that so that I can hear God. Let's do that this morning. Let's get rid of that. Or maybe some of you say, Pastor, I have put so many other things in my life that I just, I can barely hear God. And I, and I, I just need to take some things out of my life. I need to get to a place where I can hear him better. Great. Do that. I want you to just be honest this morning. Are you in a place where you are really listening to God? Or do you take time to listen to God? There, uh, we, need to, we need to be in that place. And I think sometimes we're, we're in a place where, where we just wonder, God, are you here? And I love what Hagar says. She says, you are the God who sees me. You're the God who knows what's going on with me. Lance, I want you to come this morning. I want us all to stand today.
I'm kind of a, I usually have a one, some people have three points to their sermon. I usually have one. But I've got three this morning. And I'm just asking, is there anybody here that just needs, you just need to pray today? I'm just talking about just praying. Maybe you're just saying, God, God, do you see me? Do you see where I'm at? God, I just need to know that you see me. Do you know what? Hagar's Hagar's condition did not change. What did God tell her to do? He said, go back and submit to your mistress. Well, we would have liked for God to say, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to fix everything. And everything's going to be hunky-dory. And everything's going to be good. He goes, no. You got to go back. And you got to submit. But I'm going to be with you. And she said, you're the God who sees me. And that's enough for me. And that may be all that changes today. You just, God, do you see me? Or maybe this morning you just need to say, God, I'm listening. I haven't been listening, but God, I'm listening. God, let me hear your voice again. Speak into my life. I, I ha- I've, I've let other things come in and, and I haven't listened to you very well, but God, this morning, I just want you to know that I want to listen to you. I know you see me and I want to listen to you. Or maybe this morning you say, God, I haven't even been listening. I'm not listening. I haven't been listening. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anything that I've got let get between me and you. I'm sorry for any sin in my life. And no matter where you are this morning, I want you to know that God sees you. And he cares about where you've been. And he cares about where you're going. And if you need to pray this morning, we want you to come and pray today. We're opening up the altars. If you need to just come and pray and have some time with God this morning, we want to invite you to do that in these next few moments. Come as we sing.